Welcome to Ear Crush, the Friday podcast for people who love listening to great stories. My co-host this week is once again the incredible Emily Beresford, the voice of the Cretharian Gambit and Protected by the Damned. And importantly enough for us, she's also the voice of today's story, Bellatrex. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me again. I'm excited to be here. During our first recording session together, you confessed to being nervous, where you did not appear to be nervous. You didn't sound (laughs) nervous. You're not nervous this time, are you? I live in a state of nervousness. (laughs) (laughs) If you had said yes, I was going to try and trip you up with a question. But since I know that you just live in that state, there's there's no point. Yes, it's a constant for me. No, I'm not nervous, but I'm I'm excited, and you know I'll ride the high of the the interview for hours after. So have you just decided that you're going to spend half your life doing podcast interviews now? You love these so much, you're, you're going to start searching them out? I don't think so. <laughs> Only with you, Steve. Only with okay, you. Okay, good, good. That's what they all say. That's yeah, what they all I'm sure. Say. Uh, Bellatrex, you recorded this not that long ago, just a few weeks ago. That's right. Uh, what's, what's it like it, you... Your primary focus for the longest time was the Cartharian Gambit series, uh, written just by Michael Anderley, and he has a very unique writing style, and your narration style fits that just perfectly, and so it's book, 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 and then all of a sudden there was another series. You did the first two books of Alpha Class, and that was something that was a little bit different, and then Bellatrex, again, something that's a little bit different. What's it like? shifting between series when the influence of Michael is less in the books where there's a co-author? I actually love it because I love it all and I love this entire universe. So it's lovely to have the uh, intersecting characters and the overlap and kind of getting to either see the future of what's happening um, with certain characters or how certain characters came to be and things that have influenced them. So I just, I, I really love getting kind of more of a, I guess, grand overview of everything that's going on in the universe. So it's been thoroughly enjoyable, really. I I love everything Cartherian. So And in um, the case of Bellatrex, Bellatrex shows up in the books before this book, right? Yes. So had you recorded books where Bellatrex where, where Bellatrex was a part of the books prior to yes. this? I had, yes. And I had been curious myself about the backstory. So this was really great. It was it was <laughs> Awesome to get to do, uh, read this and and narrate this. Now so. there, there's the there's this great relationship between Yelena. Is it Yelena? Yelena? Yelena. Yelena. Yes. Yelena and Bellatrex. Yeah. And it it is one of the big parts of this story, and and then it carries on with with the rest of whenever we see her in the Cretharian Gambit. Are you a pet person? Can you see this kind of relationship, or are you just like a kid person, not a pet person? I am probably more of a pet person than a kid person. (laughs) (laughs) I love my kids. I do. Um, But I love, I'm a dog person through and through. And when the original, when Asher originally came on the scene in the Cartherian Gambit, I was through the roof because I love, uh, you know, I've always 
love dogs and have strong relationships with my dogs and wish I could communicate with them. So um, I, I love this, uh, the, the dogs that, that make an appearance. There was one short story that Craig Martell had written that made its way to Ear Crush, and it was, it was really short. So it was the second episode, not the feature story, but a second story in an episode. But it was written from the perspective of the dog, and it was fantastic. I really, I really enjoyed that. Kate Rudd narrated that for us. But when I was listening to it, I'm like, what the heck's going on here? And then I realized it was the dog. <laughs> Oh, it's I I love that perspective as well because then that just you know makes gives the dog characters more depth, mm-hmm. which is really fascinating. You know, it's 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 very cool, especially for dog lovers out there. We can all appreciate that, I think. And I'm, Stephen Russell did a series with Michael, and they put a dog on the cover, and the the series just blew up right away. It was really, really popular right from the start. And, you know, then the joke within LMBPN is, oh, put a dog on the cover and you're good. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't done that. Bellatrex we did, obviously, <laughs> but uh, not so much in some of the other ones. So are you ready to actually go to work and narrate this story for us? Uh, you know, we're pretending you haven't just, <laughs> you didn't do it in I your I absolutely booth. am. I can't wait. Let's get going. <laughs> so we've got this is going to be i'm not sure whether it's going to be five or six episodes uh but we will see how this sorts itself out i think we originally thought it might be four but it's it's going to be five or six so this is going to be a lot of fun let's sit back and listen to emily beresford reading bellatrex Hundreds of miles away, a door slammed and Ciprian made his way down the stone stairs of his apartment building, fuming. He was wrapping a Burberry scarf around his neck, pulling on leather gloves that fit him perfectly. Normally, putting on the clothes that showed his wealth made him happy. He knew how good he looked. Men got out of his way on the sidewalk and women looked at him appreciatively. Sometimes they did more than just look. Right now, nothing even dented the fury in his chest. She was leaving him. She was leaving him? No one left him, ever. He paused on the landing two floors down and looked speculatively at their neighbor's door. She would ask him inside. She would pour him a brandy and go slip into something lacy. And when Yelena finally came home, she'd find that Chaprian had moved on. She'd beg to get him back. The thought should have made him smile, but it only infuriated him. He left without knocking on the neighbor's door, walking out into the sun. He found himself walking with purpose, fairly snarling at people to get out of his way. Damn it, he was going to be one of the city's highest-powered attorneys within a year, certainly worth millions within a few years. Yelena was throwing a fit, But she shouldn't even dare to think for a second. She shouldn't even dare to pretend that she thought she could do better without him in her life. When she came home, she would realize. He stopped, staring around himself for a moment, taking in the area, the cars, the people, and forced himself to stop ignoring the truth. The truth that was making him so angry, and the realization of the truth didn't make him any happier. She really wasn't coming back. When she'd hung up on him this last time, he could feel she'd meant it. She wasn't coming back. 
She didn't even miss him. She'd just walked out without so much as a buy your leave, and she was happy without him. He ground his teeth. Then he set off, with a purpose this time, to the train station. Like hell, she was going to leave him. Bellatrix toddled across the unfamiliar rug, a jumble of not quite coordinated puppy legs, until she came to an obstacle. She mewled piteously and looked up at Yelena. You can do it. Yelena sat cross-legged nearby and smiled down at her. When Bellatrix tried to come snuggle against her, it took resolve not to hug the puppy close. No, you have to be brave. Come on, over the books. She trailed her fingers up one side of the stack of books and down the other. Come on, you can do it. Then you get a bit of bread, she whispered to the little puppy, looking at the door to the room. If you promise not to tell Mama. Emboldened by the promise of treats, Bellatrix propped her front legs up on the books and tried to climb up the side. No, Yelena started laughing at the spectacle. You have to jump, Bellatrix. Come on, you can do it. A knock sounded at the door, and she looked down at the puppy, smiling. Come on. The knock came again, and she remembered that she was the only one in the house right now. Alec was off skiing. Her father had gone to help someone trim a tree that was threatening to fall on a nearby roof, and her mother had gone to the market. Coming, she yelled out as she stood up and brushed off her pants. She pointed at the little black ball of fur. You need to keep practicing. She made her way through the house, still smiling as Bellatrix yipped piteously after her. Elena paused briefly when the image came to her. The scene the images depicted had been getting clearer as Bellatrix got older. Somehow, the little black fuzzball was communicating with her. This latest image almost made her laugh. Bellatrix was the size of a mouse, and the books in front of her took on the proportions of a mountain range. She turned to call back down the hallway. What happened to my fierce tricks? You can do this. By now, she was almost used to the flashes of what felt like Bellatrix talking to her. She hadn't mentioned it to anyone else. It should be impossible. She probably just had a sense of the puppy's emotions, she decided. That would be normal enough, right? Then she opened the door and forgot all about the puppy. Her mouth dropped open. Cyprian? He stood outside the door, tight-lipped, in his elegant wool coat and plaid scarf. He still had his work shoes on, black leather, and his suit. He had taken the overnight train, it seemed, and he did not look pleased. The sight of him hit her in the gut, and a wave of anger followed right after it. She wanted to slam the door in his face and lock it. How dare he come here? Her voice dropped. What are you doing here? Let me in. He didn't wait for an answer. He shouldered her aside and she fell back, rubbing at her arm where he'd pushed her out of the way. What are you doing here? She didn't like the look in his eyes. You should go. I will, he rounded on her, his hand holding paper. With you, I got us tickets back to the city. He held them up as if they were a legal document. She slowly backed up and stopped when she ran into the door. I'm not going back. He walked next to her and slammed one hand against the wall. You are. Stop this nonsense at once, Yelena. You are coming home. His breathing was heavy. His frustration came broiling to the surface. I'm not. 
She wanted to roll her eyes at his childish banging around. What, did he really think he was going to intimidate her? And that place isn't home. She turned around and pulled the door open. This is now, she pointed outside. You should go. He spun her around, his touch sudden and unexpected, and pulled her close for a kiss. Normally, his kisses melted her. She would forget why she had been mad. It was another woman. It was always another woman. And she would forgive him everything. He would smile and say it was so much better when she was happy, wasn't it? And the fight would be over. Now she felt a physical revulsion. Her hands were at his chest, pushing him away. She shoved hard, his surprise evident as he watched her wipe her mouth with the back of her hand. She wanted to spit out the taste of him. Her eyes furious, she said low and slow, her anger barely held in. I said go. He stared at her in shock. What did you just say? Go. She flung her arm out to point at the still open door. Is that too complicated for you? I told you, we broke up. Why is that so difficult to understand? Aren't you a full-blown lawyer that can figure out the vagaries of documents and rules hundreds of years old? What is so different about we are finished that you can't understand it? Yelena. His voice was soft now, but something about it scared her. If she were a dog, her hackles would have gone up. She hadn't ever heard him use that tone before, but she knew it instinctively. He stepped toward her, and it took everything she had to stand her ground. We're going home. She said nothing. This was a side of him she'd never seen before. She wasn't entirely sure what to do with it. Yelena? He was losing patience. And then she was furious. That motherfucker! I'm not going. She stood up straight. I'm not going. You leave. We're done. Go downstairs from your apartment and beat on 2G, or go to a club and have them all rub up against you all night. I really don't give a shit anymore. He hit her. He moved so fast she never saw it coming, his boxing training giving weight to that single hit. His hand cracked across her face and she slumped against the wall as she went down. On her hands and knees, fingers tracing over her cheek in shock. Had that asshole actually hit her? Get up. His voice was ugly, his hands clenching and unclenching. We're going. She didn't think. She just reacted. Fury hot in her veins. Like hell he was going to get away with this. She launched herself at his knees and took him down, sprawling in the corridor that was now full of cold winter air. She scrambled up and ran for the door, hearing him yell behind her. He was raging. She ran out into the sunshine with him behind her, and he grabbed at her, missed, and finally caught her hair. He dragged her back, and she swung at him, a punch that went wild and hit his shoulder. She pulled her arm back and hit him again, in the jaw this time. He was angry? Well, so was she. She was fucking furious. If he wanted a fight, then that was what he would get. But as strong as she was, as angry as she was, he was better. He knew how to fight and she didn't. His punch, his first actual punch, knocked her down onto the gravel. There was a ringing in her head as he came to stand over her. Get up, he spat the words.
The books were tall, but she was going to get over them. Bellatrix scrabbled for purchase on the covers and tried to push herself off the ground with her back feet. Her little bottle brush tail was wagging in anticipation. When Yelena came back, Bellatrix would be on top of the books and Yelena would be so happy. Bellatrix was absolutely going to make Yelena happy. She yipped to herself as she tried jumping and shook herself off when she bounced off the edge of the books and fell on the floor. She rolled on her back for a moment, savoring the feel of the carpet under her back, and then scrambled up. She was going to do it this time. She wasn't quite sure why Yelena wanted her to stand on the books, but she was going to do it. Then she heard the scream and felt the pain. Bellatrix froze, looking over her shoulder. Yelena was hurt. Yelena was hurt. Bellatrix set off, tiny feet marching determinedly over the carpet. There was new cold air blowing down the corridor, and her fur puffed up. But she could hear Yelena, angry, scared. No one got to hurt Yelena. A growl burst from Bellatrix's throat. She bared her teeth as she scrambled over the floor, little feet scrapping down as she tore down the hallway. There, two figures, Yelena and a man. The man swung his arm and Yelena went down. Then she lunged at him and tipped him over, got up and ran. Bellatrix ran too. She had to get to her mistress. She had to protect her. The man never saw Bellatrix coming after him. He picked himself up and ran too. Bellatrix left the house and jumped off the step to the lawn. The man and Yelena grappled in the sunlight as Bellatrix tried to make her tiny legs move faster, faster. There was pain again. Yelena was on the ground. The man reached down and grabbed her shoulder and howled as Bellatrix's tiny teeth sank into the back of his ankle. He twisted, trying to see what caused the pain, and kicked his foot. Bellatrix hung on grimly, but when his heel hit her in the stomach, she flew away from him and landed on the frozen ground with a yip. You leave her alone! The yell burst out of Yelena, and in that moment, nothing mattered but Bellatrix. Not her jaw, not the ache in her shoulder where she'd slammed into the ground, not how angry Ciprian was. This bastard just hurt Bellatrix, and Yelena was going to kill him. She was on her feet in a second. As Ciprian made for the prone figure of the puppy, Yelena grabbed his shoulder and yanked it back hard. This time, her punch was dead on with all of the fury and fear in her heart. Her fist caught him in the nose, and he doubled over, blood spurting between his cupped hands. He gave a sound halfway between a moan and a wail as the blood flowed, getting both hands bloody. She laughed at his display. He was pitiful. She'd been scared of this man? God, she should be giving herself twice as much shit for her stupid decisions. The second she'd really hurt him, he was crumpling like a paper doll. She couldn't believe she'd ever been glad to be with him, an asshole that hurt her dog. That righteously pissed her off all over again. And before she even considered her actions, her arm was already poised. She hit him again, and once more for fucking good measure. Asshole, she spat out. Kick a dog, will you? Kick my dog, will you? I'll kick your ass back to your apartment if you ever do that again. His blood was on the snow, and she didn't care. He wanted to hurt someone he thought couldn't fight back? His ass would be lucky to get out of this alive. She thought about how he had come into her home and slapped her. She hit him once more and he fell to the ground. She wound up, about to kick him in the side when she thought of whether Bellatrix needed her. 
Hurrying, she scooped the puppy off the ground, cuddling her close to her face. Are you okay? Tell me you're okay? Bellatrix licked her nose and struggled to her feet in Yelena's hands. She was wagging her tail proudly. You have blood on your teeth, Yelena told her. Bellatrix only wagged harder, baring her teeth proudly. She stood up on her hind legs, unsteadily, to lick Yelena's face. Ew, blood breath, Bellatrix chuffed. It sounded like she was laughing. Yelena! There was the pounding of feet, and Alex skidded to a stop by the house, Dimitri at his heels. What happened? Yelena looked over to where Ciprian was still moaning, his leather-gloved hands over his face. He tried to get me to come back. Oh my God. Alec reached out to her face, his hands shaking. Did he? Yeah, but we got him. Yelena held Bellatrix close. Didn't we, Trix? The puppy yipped. I'd say you did. Dimitri looked Ciprian up and down, clearly unimpressed by everything about him. He grabbed Ciprian's arm. Come on now. The police are going to want a word with you. And in the event that they don't, you can talk to me and Alec. He guffawed. <laughs> or you can have another conversation with Yelena. See how you like that. He made to drag Ciprian away. Wait. Ciprian's voice was muffled. He stood up. Blood was streaming over his mouth and chin. He glared at Yelena. You're ruining your life, he spat. You're going to wind up with a lumberjack, a miner. You can't do better than me. The last shreds of fear bled away, and Yelena shrugged. She cuddled Bellatrix close, and she smiled. I think I'm gonna be okay. In fact, I'm gonna be just fine. She turned away without even waiting for a response and tickled Bellatrix's stomach. Come on, Trix, we're going to teach you how to jump, and I'm going to learn how to box. Two years later. I'm fucking cold, Chazar complained. Emelian lifted one lip in a silent snarl and savored the scent of fear as Chazar's voice trailed away. It was always something with Chazar. If he wasn't cold, he was hungry. If he wasn't hungry, the job was too dirty or too undignified, or whatever excuse he came up with. Chazar was always afraid. That was the truth. He never admitted it. He just stank of fear. All the time. And he was cruel, always taking things too far. He never stopped a fight when his opponent was down. He never started a fight either, just snuck in once someone else was fighting. He liked to kick people, keep hurting them once they were out cold. And the humans who trafficked girls through Europe wouldn't keep working with Emilion's crew if the cargo kept showing up damaged. Emilion should get rid of Chazar, he knew that. He'd have to do it permanently, though. Chazar knew too much of Emilion's operations, and he was just slippery enough to make a deal with the police if Emilion kicked him out and left him alive. Hell, he might even convince one or two of them that werewolves and vampires were real. So Emilion wouldn't leave him alive. Simple. And with the money from this job, they'd have enough to start making some real strides toward power. There was a power vacuum in the underworld, left by goody-goodies and cowards who'd decided to clear everything out. They didn't understand the world, but they were about to. Emilion had known some of the people killed by Stephen. He didn't regret that those people were gone. 
He wouldn't be anywhere near so close to taking their place at the head of the European underworld if they were alive. But he was looking forward to making a big show of avenging their deaths. This new matriarch was weak. At least Michael had a code and implemented it in a way Emilion understood. Strength rules. It didn't matter. If she was weak, that was just better for him. It was time for the Vexel Bog to take their rightful place in the world. Emilion's wolf eyes narrowed in satisfaction. He was getting paid to help humans thin their own numbers. He might not enjoy other people's pain as much as Cesar did, but he liked it enough to take joy in this. The radio crackled, and a voice spoke softly. He just started down the hill. Emilion smiled. His claws came out. And that concludes part two of Bellatrex. We'll be back with part three next week. Now for our normal Friday wrap-up and look-ahead for LMBPN Publishing. On the audiobook front, Don Rives, the conclusion to the four-book Second Dark Ages series from Michael Anderley, was just released on Audible, Amazon, and iTunes. This series is narrated by Chris Abernathy, and it's a fantastic listen. If you haven't started this series yet and you're an Audible subscriber, shoot me an email, steve at lmbpn.com. If you're one of the first to do so, I'll get you a code, an Audible code, for The Dark Messiah, which is book one in this series. On the ebook front, we've had a pretty busy week with five new releases, including the launch of the Enemy of My Enemy series. Book one of that series is titled Any Port in a War. This week also brought Crescendo of Fire, book two in the Brain Trust series from Mark Stiegler. Next week, we've got the launch of another new series, The Caitlin Chronicles. Book one is titled Dawn of Chaos from Dan Wilcox and Michael Anderley. That will come your way on Tuesday. Uh, this is the second series that takes place in the Age of Madness time frame of the Cartharian Gambit universe. Then next Friday, Bethany Ann makes her uh, long-awaited return in the second book of the Cartharian Endgame series. So that's something that I know a lot of you are excited about and looking forward to. I want to thank the 11 people who have rated the podcast so far. I, I can see the ratings on iTunes, and I am incredibly grateful for those because they help to make the podcast easier to find for other people. There's an algorithm that iTunes uses, and the more ratings and reviews you get, the more likely people will be to see the podcast. So thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend of reading and listening. We look forward to being with you again next Friday with Bellatrix Part 3. 